I do a little something. Would you take your Bibles and just lift them up and repeat this after me? This is my Bible. This is the unchanging word of God. It is supernatural and immutable. And I believe what it says. And who it says that I am. That's who I am. And it says that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I believe what it says. This is my Bible. God's word to me. It's immutable. Unchangeable. Supernatural. And I believe what it says. And what it says that I can do. I can do it. And it says that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And I believe what it says. So now I'm ready to hear the word of God. I will receive it in my heart and believe it with my heart. For with my heart I must believe. And where I have need of change, I'm ready to be changed. By the word of God that is immutable, unchangeable, and supernatural. And I'll never be the same. After I've heard the word, received and believed the word, and applied the word to my life, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the name of our God. Hallelujah. One quick scripture, if you don't mind going there. And again, I'm so honored to be here at the Fellowship of Champions Supernatural uh, Church of God in Christ, Baptist, Full Gospel, Pentecostal Assemblies of the World, uh-huh, African Methodist, Episcopal, and United Methodist. I can't leave y'all out. Praise the Lord. Amen. Church of God in Prophecy. Praise the Lord. Apostolic Overcoming Holiness Church. Global Worldwide Ministries. <laughs> and to your phenomenal pastor that I just really physically met today, but I met him about two years ago, and I followed just about everything he says. And I got a, I was, I was in the, and, and when he's shady and not shady, praise the Lord. I love his shade. I think he's got the best shade out there. But I, I was in the bathroom today, and the Holy Spirit just kind of put on my heart that I need to come back and help him win this board seat. Yeah. I get all kinds of jobs. And uh, a year ago, I actually ran for the same office in Detroit, and I am now an elected board member in the city of Detroit. So I got to come help him. I was brushing my teeth. I said, I don't want to do that. He said, that's what you got to do. So I got to come down and help him win, praise the Lord. But let me tell you, now, I, I, you know, I like him a lot, but let me tell you who I love. This girl right here. Like, like peanut butter and jelly. And I, I just don't know that there's anybody that I know that's as smart as she is. 
like, wow, what a brain, what a mind. And what, what is going to happen when the world gets exposed to what he has deposited in her life? Pastor Edwin, we got we to gotta pray. Praise the Lord. We need a jet. I heard, I heard you yesterday. We need a jet in the name of Jesus. Because we're going to be going all over the world with her. Amen. And to this wonderful house. I, I, I love you because I love your shepherds. The gospel of Luke. Praise the Lord. And when I was getting dressed, the Holy Spirit said, now you know you're going to bring some word today. So this is what I want you to talk about. I didn't know I was going to bring the word. <laughs> I was going to make some comments. But thank the Lord. I've been in this long enough now that I honor every opportunity. I don't take it lightly. The gospel of Luke, and you may have put this within the context of Advent, but allow us today to work through this text. Amen? And to these phenomenal musicians. What? What? That only comes out of Detroit, so we're going to let you have it down here. Verse 26 of Luke chapter number 1. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with you, and blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast her mind in what manner of greeting or salutation this could be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. For he shall be great. And he shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. These two verses will make up the text. And Mary said unto the angel, how shall this be? Seeing that I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, also this holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. And behold, as proof, your cousin Elizabeth, she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who once was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. 
And Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me <laughs> according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want you to take your device or take out your ink pens. And I travel with a King James. I normally, uh, when I'm preaching, I'm not necessarily preaching from the KJV, but it's still a good version. Amen. But it, it, just, it just speaks to me in this text uh, this morning. And I want you to take your device or take your Bible. And if you write in your Bible, I want you to kind of tie 34 and 35 together. And I want you to circle that because that's kind of where we're going to put our focus. How shall this be, seeing that I know not a man? And in verse 35, there's a supernatural way around your way. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. Amen? So I want to talk about this, and this has kind of been in my spirit. Surprises and solutions. Say that. Surprises and solutions. When I heard Pastor Sean say that we are coming out of this, and, and I've heard, you know, some of the uh, laying down the layering of the word that your pastor has laid before you, I want to challenge you today. I really want to challenge you to come up in your level of relationship and intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And I'll say that again. I want to challenge you to come up, to come up in your relationship. Listen to this. And dependency upon the Holy Spirit. I want you to move into a different space today. I want you to move into a, not just a dimension, but I want to change the trajectory of how you engage God, how you engage scripture, how you engage life. If I told you that God had made available to us a power that will always make you a champion, always cause you to be victorious, Beyond salvation. Because salvation answered a lot of questions and solved a lot of problems. But Jesus knew that that wouldn't be enough for us. I need you to understand that because I hear people all the time say, I'm saved and that's enough. No. 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 Although it's the greatest gift, although it is absolutely the greatest love, the overwhelming, reckless love of God, but it's still not enough to live in this life victoriously. That's going to hurt a lot of people's feelings because we like to park at the cross. We like to celebrate the empty tomb. But something happened after the resurrection of Jesus 
that changed the course of the world. And the sad thing for me traveling around is that when I move into certain circles, the whole idea of a Pentecost Sunday is ignored. Most Christian churches do not celebrate Pentecost. We celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Easter. But we don't place any value on Pentecost. That is because we like parking at the cross. We like celebrating the empty tomb. But Jesus knew that that was not going to be enough. Jesus spent the last two weeks of his earthly ministry talking about one person and one person only. And that was the Holy Spirit. His last words before the crucifixion was all about the disciples getting to know Holy Spirit. And when he was raised from the dead and finally met with his disciples, the first conversation that he initiated was receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, think about this for just a moment because not a lot of teaching about the Holy Spirit, not a lot of teaching of how to live with the Holy Spirit, how to rely on the Holy Spirit, how to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Yet Jesus spent all of his last 14 days telling them, I'm leaving you. I'm not going to stay with you. But I will not leave you alone. And you're going to have a comforter, a helper. He will be called the spirit of truth. I am the truth. I am that truth. But he is the spirit of truth. And he will lead you and guide you back to all truth. And you're going to need him. And he's going to take from what is mine and make it known unto you. He will convict the world of sin of righteousness and of judgment. And he will be with you, yes, and even in you. Woo! Woo! Just wave your right hand at me and say, woo! He says, now when I go, don't you feel as if you are abandoned because you will not be. Because he will be with you. Now, from that passage of scripture, John chapter 14 and 17, 16 and 17, kind of where I've been just quoting from, you can read that later. I want to, what we call reverse engineer, 
and go back to the text that we read. Why was Jesus so reliant upon the Holy Spirit? And what, what was it about his relationship with the Holy Spirit that made this conversation so necessary? That before I go to fulfill why I came in the first place, the purpose that I want you, you 12 to know that the way I've been doing things, the, the, the victories that you've seen, the miracles, the healings that you've been walking with me, I want you to understand how all this got done. This wasn't executed by me. But if you go back to the day before I chose you, I was baptized in the water by my cousin. And that day, like a dove, he descended upon me. Y'all remember? And you heard a voice from heaven say, this is my beloved son, now whom I'm well pleased. You got, you got, see, we're reverse engineering now. Y'all with me? Wave at me. So he says, I want you to understand that this was not done lightly. Let me remind you of how I got here in the first place. Let me help you understand why this conversation that we're having today before the cross and why we're having this conversation today at the Fellowship of Champions, why we had to have a conversation like this yesterday. Let me help you understand by taking you back to the beginning. My mother was a virgin. Now think about that for a minute. You scratch your head and say, what? How could that be? How could it be that my mother was a your mother was a virgin? That don't make no sense. No, you gotta understand, my mother was a virgin. She wasn't married. She was engaged to my earthly father, but he wasn't my biological. And because she was a virgin, the angel visited her, one virgin among 8,000, because the prophet Isaiah had already prophesied that there would be virgins, because all of them had heard this prophecy. So girls and their fathers had made these vows. That's a whole nother conversation about fathers and their daughters. And so because they, they had heard these prophecies through the Pentateuch they, over and over again that there was going to be all these virgins, my mother was one of those virgins. <laughs> Glory to God. But one day she got a surprise. Somebody say surprise. surprise. Well, what was the surprise, Jesus? An angel. Not just any angel, but the angel Gabriel, who was the messenger of God, visited my mother. 
my little 15-year-old mother, who was a virgin, who was engaged to my natural earthly father, but he wasn't my biological father. And there was this message that came from an angel that my mother had found favor with God. My mother told me the story, and as she shared it with me, I could look at her face and tell that she was still, still riveting from that visit. It was such a surprise. And then the angel gave my mother a message that she was going to conceive a child. And my mother, only knowing one way, that something like that could occur, responded the only way that she could. She's 15. She didn't have a whole lot of history. She didn't have a lot of experiences. She didn't have a lot of vocabulary. But at her young age, she knew one thing, that in order for what this angel was telling her to happen, she didn't qualify. Because she had never been with a man. So my mother tells me this story. And as my mother tells me this story, I can look in her face and see that her whole life changed. Her whole life changed in that moment. Her entire life changed in that one moment. In that one moment of surprise, that surprise visitation changed her whole life. But what the angel said was even more amazing. That I don't need your way. I don't need your way. That you think that there's only one way to get the job done. You think that when you're out of options that that's it? You think that because you can't figure it out that somehow or another you're going to fail or it's not ever going to manifest or it's not going to happen? You think that because you ran out of money you still can't buy a car? Or you don't have good credit and you still can't get a house? So you think that because you don't know nobody or you don't have connections that you can't get in school or you can't graduate or you can't marry. What is it? And my, mom, my mom said to me, she was a baffled. She was amazed. She couldn't believe that. First of all, an angel is going to visit me and tell me that I'm highly favored among all women. All these other girls in town that have never been with anybody, but I'm the one that he chose. I want you to see this in your mind. I want you to see this mother talking to her son. I want you to imagine how she felt. Imagine. Imagine the culture. 
not the culture of today where it's common. I'm not married. Think about the consequences of in that culture. What's that? What is that going to mean? Doesn't mean that now, but what is it going to mean? That I'm going to have a baby. I'm not married and I'm 15. What is that going to do to Joseph? Who's a young man around 24, 25. Are they going to put him in prison? And are you aware of the law, Mr. Gabriel? That if a girl is found not to be a virgin on the night of her wedding, that he can stone me to death. That was a big day, Jesus. That day changed my life. That day was not just a day. That was a supernatural moment. That was something that changed the rest of my life forever. And I want to teach you, Jesus, about this Holy Spirit. Because you came here supernatural. And everything you're going to do is going to be supernatural. And the people that you're going to raise up, they're going to have to learn what I'm teaching you today. You're going to be great. You're going to be a king. You're going to be revered. But you're not going to be enough. I like to hit these theological moments where I challenge your theology. Because for the most part, most of you think Jesus is enough. And you can't figure out why you're failing. Because you love Jesus. I heard you call his name 3,000 times today. You can't figure out why you can't stop smoking. You can't figure out why lust and why your loins are on fire at night. And you can't figure out, I love Jesus. I go to a great church and they teach us about Jesus, but I don't know why I have thoughts of suicide. That I'm full of rage and anger. Sometimes I want to kill myself and others. But I love Jesus. I love Jesus so much. I talk about him. And when you call his name, she says, something breaks. Something happens when I call his name. But then after I call his name, I don't have no peace. I don't have no sustaining joy. When I go to my church, I'm happy, but when I get home, I'm still having challenges. And I don't want nobody to know this stuff because I love Jesus. But Jesus never, ever wanted you not to love the Holy Spirit. 
as much as you love him. So watch this. The text says, Mary responded back to the angel and said, I, don't, I, I heard everything you said and I believe you, but I don't know how in the world this can be done. And this is the text I want you to pay attention to. The next verse said, listen, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. Everybody repeat that after me. The Holy Spirit. Say it loud. Everybody. Everybody. Whoa. The Holy Spirit shall come upon me. And what else? And the power of the Most High. And you're going to conceive. Wait a minute. You know I'm a virgin. You mean this is not going to be done at the motel? This is not going to be done down at, at the Nazarene Graduate Hotel? Oh, you're not giving me a pass to get a little piece on the side with Joseph before the wedding? I thought this was going to go another way. Well, who is this Holy Spirit? What is so powerful about him that a virgin can come up under his presence and be arrested and she gets pregnant? Think about how you think about the Holy Spirit. Think about how little you think about the Holy Spirit. Okay, we're not going to say nothing let me go on this side. Looks over there got a little tough. <laughs> let me hang on this side. We heard the, the lead worshiper say, when she get in trouble, she says, Jesus. Can I elevate y'all? Can I take you to another level? Uh-uh, y'all not ready for this. No, y'all don't want this. Let, 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 me, let me get my Bible and go back to Detroit. Are you ready? Because I want to introduce you to who I call when I get in trouble. I want you to understand that there's a power. That, 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 that this is the same power. No, wait, wait, wait. That went to the tomb and raised Jesus from the dead. That not even Jesus could get himself up. There's a greater name. There's a greater power. She talked about it. But now let's investigate it. I want you to see this. I want you to hear this. So this was very important for Jesus to spend this time with these disciples and start telling them about this Holy Spirit. See, you got to realize how absolutely critical the Holy Spirit was in the ministry of Jesus. 
And I want you to hear me really good today. Because this is not about not loving Jesus. This is making room for the Holy Spirit. This is not about, oh, I'm going to have to love Jesus less. No, this is about developing a capacity to love the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want you to stop for just a minute and think about how little you think about the Holy Spirit. How little do you think about the Holy Spirit? How, how your whole week goes and you don't think about the Holy Spirit. How you have days on end and you don't think about the Holy Spirit. You don't talk to the Holy Spirit. You don't ask the Holy Spirit to help you. I want you to think about that for just a moment. Think about how many days has it been since you asked the Holy Spirit to come upon me. I got this exam. Who do I call? I got bad news. See, Jesus ain't going to help you. Because he is seated. And he's not coming to the earth to help you. But I sent you some help. And you won't call his name. You won't ask the helper to help you. I gave you the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you. I got a marriage situation. I got a challenge. I got a child that has some learning disabilities. How can this child graduate seeing that there are disabilities? How can my child get a decent GPA when I know not how to help him? Romans chapter 8. Are you learning anything? Hallelujah. I want you to hear this. I want you to keep hearing this. I want you to keep hearing this. Hold on just a minute, brother musician. I, I, I want you all to hear this. How can it be? And I don't have a remedy. How can it be? And I don't have a solution. How is it going to work? And I don't know the answer. Put it in your own language. Listen to what she's saying. 
what you just said to me that I'm going to do is totally impossible in my present state. I have a child that has a learning disability. I have a child that has some cognition issues. I have a, chi- I have a husband that is not saved. How can it be? How is this ever going to change? How is it going to change that I'm going to actually pay off my debts and you see how much money I make? How, how are we ever going to prosper? I know what they preach. I know what I say. But how can it be? See, it's not the what. It's the how. How can what they're teaching me actually become a reality? We confess it. We put it on the screen. We sing it. We dance. But how? How is this going to be? How is it going to be? From the time I confess it to the life I really live. How? How is it going to manifest? How is it going to become a reality? How is my child going to get a scholarship? How am I going to pass this, uh, 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 what they call comprehensive exams? Y'all know, y'all remember them? Lord Jesus. I keep calling on Jesus, but I keep flunking. I keep calling on Jesus. And my kid got put back in that, that learning disability room. Now they say my child is on the autism spectrum. How how can this be? How can this be? I want to elevate you. I want you to know that the greatness that is in this house, you got to be elevated. I want to take you to the next level. I want you to understand that there is a power. He is God. He is equal to Jesus. He's not less than Jesus. He is equal to Jesus. He's not the junior partner of the Godhead. He is God. He is just as much God. And without the Holy Ghost, there never would have been a Jesus. Without the Holy Ghost, there never would have been a resurrection. Without the Holy Ghost. There'll never be success in your life. Romans, are you here? Chapter number eight. I'm almost finished. I'm going to sit down. Okay, watch this. (laughs) Okay. I see they married because every time I give them a mic, they give it back. Verse 9, Romans 8 and 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the Holy Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, then the body is dead because of sin. Because the spirit is life and righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead, wait, wait, wait. Jesus got all power. But he couldn't get up from the dead. He got all power. He saves us. 
He heals us. Is that right? He does all of that. He redeemed us. He justifies us. Come on, lift your hands. Am I right? Am I right? But he's dead. And he can't get up. The same power that put him in a virgin's womb. It's the same power that got him out of the grave. And it's the same power that he told you to go to Jerusalem and receive power. And after the power of the Holy Ghost has come upon you, then you shall be my witnesses. Okay. You say, how can it be? How can this be? How can it be? How can these things be? The things that God has put in my heart to do. How am I going to get it done? I'm leaving a relentless conference with a relentless woman. I sit under an apostolic team. And I go to a great church. But I'm tore from the floor. For as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Wow. You've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby you cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, bears witness in our spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that bears witness that we are the children of God. Wow. Wow. And I don't even want to just stay there. I can read all of that, but I want you to jump over. Right quickly. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us with our weaknesses. Y'all missed it. Okay, so let's, let's reverse engineer. Okay. All right. So I'm in, the, I'm in the tomb. I did everything that the Father told me to do. I told him, prepare me a body. And he did. And I said, I'm going to redeem him for you, Daddy. And I did it. And I'm dead. So that's a weakness. How many of you would, would believe that death is a weakness? So I'm going to need some help with my weakness. I'm going to need some help with my weakness. So the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit comes to the tomb where the weakness has Jesus captivated. Death got Jesus by the jaws, by the neck. He can't shake him off. He done went down to hell and led captivity captive, but he can't get death off of him. I can't get it off of me. And I know that on the third day I'm supposed to get out. I raised Jarius' daughter. I helped the woman with her daughter, the Canaanite. Oh, for me, I can't get 
that I'm hovering. I can't get this crack off of me. I can't get this marijuana off of me. I can't get this homosexuality off of me. I can't get it off. It's a weakness. It's a weakness. You're a man and you're like men. That's a weakness. You're a woman and you're like women. That's a weakness. And you can't get it off of you. You can't stop smoking. You can't cop, stop cussing. It's a weakness. You can't get, get it off of you. And you love Jesus. And you got a good coach and a great pastor. But you can't get off of you. And the Bible says, the Holy Spirit. Mary had a weakness. She said, I'm a virgin. I cannot do what you're saying unless I break some other codes. See, it ain't that we can't get it done. We will break too many laws. It ain't that we can't find another way, but it'll break some other laws and bring too many devastating consequences with collateral damage. The Holy Spirit is in the earth to help us with our weakness. How can this be? Seeing I don't have the resources. Saying I don't have the credit, I don't, I don't have friends, I don't have family. I'm adopted, I don't know. I don't have anybody. But I know greatness is in me. I know God has called me to something. And I gave Jesus my life. And I love him. But how am I going to get this off of me? And how am I going to move? into purpose. <laughs> he said, I'm going to give you somebody. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you and the power of the Most High shall overshadow and you shall conceive the solution. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. The surprise was the angel. The solution was the Holy Ghost. And what is in you shall be called the Son of God. It shall be the remedy. You don't know what you need to know yet. 
you can't get it done. And what I love about knowing the Holy Spirit at this level is that you get to a place where you're fine with not knowing. Because you know at any moment, he's going to show up. And I'll conceive. And we'll get it done. In Jesus' name. Lift your hands. Hallelujah.